We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Well, welcome in, everybody. It is the Gut Reaction episode of the Mile High Huddle podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love, Zach Kelberman. Zach, here we are uh, presiding once again over a game that the Broncos could have, should have won. But they end up falling short at the end. Uh, multiple snafus, defense, Broncos not scoring, um, Hackett holding on to his timeouts when it was obvious the Ravens were were gonna go the distance. What's your gut reaction to this loss and the Broncos falling to three and nine? You know, if uh, Muhammad Badri is still out there listening, we haven't heard from him in a while. Uh, he used to say that I was spit hot fire after these uh, Broncos. Well, I have no fire left. You know, the old me would have been, you know spitting vinegar about the defense collapsing and the Broncos snatching defeat from the jaws of victory once again, but it's been the case the entire year. It's been the case the entire half decade since 2016, finding new ways to lose. But interesting factoid, the Broncos have not won in the United States since September (laughs) 25th. That's 70 days Mm. since they they've, emerge victorious on American soil. It's pathetic. It's it's ridiculous. It's inexcusable, but that's the Broncos this year, and I think they're just riding down the wave, losing to a backup quarterback after Lamar Jackson goes down. Typical Broncos. The Broncos having a backup quarterback march down the field 91 yards. Typical Broncos. I'm not surprised any longer. Hackett not calling the timeouts when he probably should have uh, once they yeah. got close inside the 20, and it was pretty clear the Broncos were – they had turned into butter, and the Ravens were a hot knife. And then Hackett sits on the timeouts. Okay, fine. Russ gets the ball back, 28 seconds, I want to say, a couple of timeouts. Gets them within spitting distance. It's a 63-yard attempt. These are the attempts that, in the, in the canon of Broncos lore, Zach, we've seen Brandon McManus throwing hissy fits, slamming his helmet on the, uh, on the turf when the coach doesn't give him the shot. He gets the shot, and once again, it's from 60. I know, I don't expect him. It's not like a gimme kick. I get it, but that was another thing. Unfortunately, in those final, I'll say, the four-minute sequence that lost him the game um, that that did the did the job. Ted, thanks, bud. Good to see you. 
says the greatest trick the Denver Broncos ever played <laughs> was convincing us that rock bottom exists. <laughs> this is a good one, dude. I might tweet that out and try and take credit. I'm just kidding. Not really. I probably will. But Ted, if you're on Twitter, you should uh, connect with us so that we can keep the conversation going there, my friend. And if we already are connected, like if you're following, uh, do one of these in the mentions and we'll follow back. Austin H., what's up, buddy? He says, there's no hope anymore. No hope and no excitement. I know, man, that was a game they should have won. Um, less than perfect offensive performance, obviously. I mean, we're talking about an offense that did not get into the red zone, let alone, obviously, they didn't score a touchdown. But they didn't even get into the red zone all game long. But somehow, with four minutes to go, the Broncos were nursing a 9-3 a to three lead. Uh, Deanna Hendry from the top rope throwing down. She's got a jersey coming her way. A very interesting selection, might I add, in her choice for the jersey she requested from winning in November. Uh, I won't spoil it. I'll let her uh, show us once she gets it. She can send us in the selfie. But thank you so much for the generous support that you offer us on a day-in, day-out basis, Deanna. We do not take that for granted. She says, all I can say is another disappointing game and loss. MHH for life. That it is, Zach. I feel so bad for Broncos country. And I've said that almost every podcast. I don't care about the players so much. They're multimillionaire, world-class athletes. I feel bad for all of y'all that spend yard, your hard-earned time, money, energy, investment into this product year in and year out and have to go through these losses to the point where Broncos country is beaten down now, Chad. Look at the last comment we flashed. No hope anymore. No excitement, whatever. We've all accepted the pit of misery the Broncos are in. And I feel so bad for people like Deanna, so bad for people – all of y'all, everyone watching us, listening to us, uh, it's there's nothing left to, to be said anymore. And I think the debate has centered to if this isn't rock bottom, if last week wasn't rock bottom, if the week before that wasn't rock bottom, what is rock bottom for the mm. 2022 Broncos? Have they reached it yet? Is it next week when they get slapped around by Mahomes and Andy Reid? I do not know. But with each loss, it's a the boot on our collective neck comes down a little little tighter. It's hard to get too upset when you're expecting uh, defeat, but still, it's it's. I'm not going to lie and say that it's. I'm not frustrated by seeing the incompetence um, on display in certain certain sectors of this game. Diamond Rattler, thank you for the super chat. Longtime member of our community, great to see you, bro. Yeah, is it even embarrassing anymore? That's that's a good question. David says, uh, "Hey, Chad, Zach, and Scott, Broncos country. Today's game was no different." From the rest, I'm speechless. We lost to a backup. That's the thing, Zach, is is the football gods smile upon the Broncos. And Lamar Jackson, I don't know, three series in maybe, something like that, exits that quad acts up that he was on the injury report. It's been bothering him. And he does not return. And Tyler Huntley, yeah, he formerly of the Pac-12, Utah Ute, uh, didn't play that well, threw a pick. But when the chips were down and it was who wants it most – Tyler Huntley proved he wanted it more than at least anyone on that defense. Jess, only 10 points, and it isn't good enough. Get out. I know. That's the frustrating conundrum that we're in right now is on one hand you go, hey, man, this was a, this was a defense that was pitching a three-point game with four minutes to go, and they only ended up surrendering 10 points and lost. This isn't on the defense. It's not on the defense. It's on the team. All right? It's on the team. It takes, in the game of football, Zach, multiple uh, – members to tango right but the defense shares a good chunk of why they lost why they relinquished a lead uh they needed a touchdown it wasn't like they needed a field goal they needed a touchdown 
They get the ball on their own nine and go the freaking distance in the clutch. F.A., dude, throwing down. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that. Um, you know what? While I'm at it, after this, after we grab your Super Chat, I'll flash the rankings for December on Super Chat. Uh, giving away another jersey to someone randomly selected in the top five finishers. F.A. says, and thank you, bro, seriously, helping us keep the lights on. He says, our defense sucks. Maybe they should pitch a shutout every game. Forget gifting the offense two timeouts and can't do a thing. Defense gives up 10 freaking points and we lose. Are you kidding me? The offense stinks. Yes, the offense does stink. Make no mistake, gang. When I criticize the defense for collapsing in the clutch, that is not in any way, shape, or form removing the onus from how bad the offense was. I mean, we're, we're left, Zach, to uh, pick uh, Nat crap, all right, out of pepper here when we talk about, well, you know what? Broncos offense, it showed some signs of improvement. Well, you know, you hit Jerry Judy for a 40-yard strike. That was nice to see. The de- they, they showed a commitment early on to the running game. That was good to see. Russ looked a little bit more poised. The O-line seemed to hold up a little bit better, etc. But at the end of the day, where are the results? There aren't any. They continue to suck on third down. Zach, let me just, let me just throw this at you. On third down today, the Broncos converted two. For twelve yard or two out of twelve for seventeen percent conversion. FA, you demand. Yeah, FA, thank you so so much. That's amazingly generous. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I hate, and I'll say it again, how it has to be black or white. It has to be either or. 
multiple things can be and are true in the situation. The offense was not good enough. This is the NFL. You can't rely on three field goals and expect to win football games against uh, much better opponents, even someone like the Ravens who missed their backup quarterback. But the defense did collapse on the final drive. You cannot allow a backup quarterback with the game on the line and you know their backs to the walls to drive 91 yards down the field and take that victory from you. So it's, it's just indicative of who the Broncos are this year. They do not know how to win, and they are much better versed in losing. And now it's the defense that's adding to it, Chad. Usually the defense was keeping the Broncos in the game. But there was a a lively, spirited debate between you and Scott before we went live as to (laughs) was it offense, defense. I'm kind of on the side where, yeah, you know, the defense did collapse, but nine points, you got to get it. You can't even get in the red zone. You don't think the defense knows that we're keeping the team to 10 points and the offense can't get into the red zone? Yep. We have fun. We have fun here at Mile High Huddle. Jason Walton, bro, thanks. He says, the defense is forced to play perfect or lose. Yes. And this is what I'm trying to get at is I, I'm not trying to remove the onus from the offense's uh, complicity in what happened today, okay? I'm just saying you you play for a reason. You go out there, you battled. You kept them to three points for most of the game for a reason, right? Because you're trying to win the game. And then when the chips were down, you have a chance to slam the door. It would have been over. It would have been curtains for the for the Ravens. And once again, it's the defense collapses. Now, I think it's a product of having to continually carry the load for so long, not just this season, but dating back to frickin' 2015, actually, when that defense was carrying the load for the Denver Broncos that eventually went on to win a Super Bowl. So Jason says the defense, yeah, forced to play uh, perfect or lose. It's hard to pin this on the D when the offense checks notes, zero trips, Yep, zero trips to the red zone, no touchdowns. Silent One says, on the most important play of the game, Baltimore, with a backup quarterback, had a four-wide receiver bunch on the left and a tight end isolated on Sertan, and Sertan blew it again. Yeah, it wasn't quite as bad of a performance from, well, I don't know. Forget what I was about to say. He's penalized for a gnarly uh, PI, and then again on on that play in question Silent One's talking about, Sertan in a little bit of a mini slump. It's nothing to go rushing to the cliff over. What he could really use is a little compliment, uh, complimentary football from his offense, right? Could you imagine how good Sertan would be in a scenario, Zach, where the Broncos are even an average scoring offense and he's not having to constantly be perfect in order to uh, you know collect his paycheck? The Broncos were an average scoring offense. They'd be a playoff team. It's really as simple as that. When they're already averaging a, a historic low 14 and change, and they cannot even get to 14 points, it's what do you say about that? But I think you're right about Sertan being in a slump. It's going to happen. He's going to go through these things. He's still a great player. He's still proven he's a great player, and he will be a great player moving forward. He also is getting no help in the secondary. It's something I talked about before this game, Chad. I mean, Damari Mathis on the other side. Kareem Jackson continues to be a liability out there in pass coverage. I mean, they miss Caden Stearns as well. Simmons had a nice day today, but it's pretty much Sertan being the foundation of that secondary. It's a lot of pressure. He's only a second-year player, you know, for a young guy to uh, to bear. Indeed. Chris, I'm going to read your first super chat and then the one that's on the screen because Chris, on a, on a gut reaction, it's always a symbolic super chat. Nine bucks for nine points. He said on the first one, has the defense stepped up in clutch moments this year? They play superb during the game, and then the offense lets them down time and time again. 
It's heartbreaking. And then he says, another year, another game, getting beat by a backup quarterback. The madness doesn't end. Yeah, I'm think I'm trying to think of a of a game this season, Zach. The Niners game. That's, That's true. the only one that comes to mind. Maybe the Houston game. I'm trying to remember the end of game sequence there. I know in both those games, all right, two of Denver's three wins. Um, Russ got the much needed uh touchdown drive in the fourth quarter, and then it all disappeared, and we never saw that kind of swag again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the defense. I think it's actually jumped the shark here, Zach, and it's worse in terms of clutch, poison than Fangio because Fangio would occasionally th- – those defenses would occasionally get the stop. You know, you would occasionally get the win. Uh, Tanner, appreciate you, big dog. He says the defense once again held their own. How is that this – how is that this offense can't score more than 10 points? Hackett needs to go like now. This is ridiculous, but still going to bleed orange and blue until the day I die. Hashtag. Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being, baby. It's wherever you are. So, Tanner, we totally get it, dude. You know, we totally get it. It's uh, we're we're in this um, never-ending Zach cycle of who's on first. You know, it's like that Spider-Man meme of the two Spider-Mans pointing to each other. One's the Broncos defense. One's the Broncos offense. Who's to blame for this particular loss? Nine times out of ten, or I should say, if you were to look at it, Zach, as a pie chart of blame, <laughs> maybe I need to create a meme, the, the Broncos pie chart of blame, all right? 90% of that pie chart would be consumed by the offense. So let's not get that twisted, right? And the coaching, we'll throw that all into one bucket. And then the defense, but here's the thing. You play these games for a reason. You can't go out and give 56 minutes of great football if you're going to collapse in the clutch. Uh, Deanna, thank you. Very generous again, Zach. And then I'm serving this back to you. She says, so embarrassing to lose to a backup quarterback. O-line, horrific. I love my Broncos, though. She's saying MHH for life. And we love you, Deanna. Thank you, my friend. Unfortunately, it's not the first time. I, I had major Matt Moore flashbacks watching this oh. game. You know, it's like uh, every when the Broncos get a break with a big-time quarterback going down, the backup quarterback always looks like a future Hall of Famer against the Broncos. They make inferior players look better against them because you know why? They Not only are they inferior themselves, they don't know how to win. It's something you've talked about quite a bit the last couple years. The Broncos forgot how to win football games until there's someone in that building, namely the head coach. It has to come from the quarterback too. But until they have that coach that instills that that virtue of winning, that repetition of winning, you're going to see more games like this, unfortunately. Nothing left to be said. On that topic of, you know, remembering how it is, you know, what it takes to win, how expecting wins, uh, last week after – uh, the loss previously, Wilson was asked, has this team, you know, forgotten how to win? Does this team still need to learn and figure out how to win? And paraphrasing him, he said something to the effect of, I would tell you, I would say we're probably in the learning phase right now as a team, which is true. They're, they're trying to relearn how to do it, which is, I mean, it's obvious, right? Look at the standings. Um, and thank you for the super chats, gang. We love you, David. You're the man. And then today, Zach, at the podium, he was asked, have you guys forgotten how to win? Like what's going on? And he didn't exactly answer the question. He just said, we need to, we need to finish. We need to finish. And it's true. They need to finish. I saw a comment just said the Broncos and the new Browns. I just looked, the Browns are five and seven now. 
the Broncos are even worse than the Browns. I know you're going with that, just being in purgatory and being a laughingstock franchise, but this is, I think, rock bottom now. Scott said rock bottom for him was Oakland. I think rock bottom for me was the uh, Colts game when you really saw the offense hit a, a breaking point, not being able to score a single touchdown, and it's gotten worse and worse since then. You have to ask yourself, how is it so possible they cannot get into the end zone? I mean, we're watching an NFL franchise in the year 2022 when the game gravitates toward offensive players and offensive scores and excitement and plays and whatever you bring in a nine time pro bowl quarterback. He still has weapons around him and you can't get into the end zone. It boggles the mind. It's gotta be the system. But then you have to ask yourself, they change quarterbacks, they change play callers and the results stay the same. I mean, this, this world of suck we're living in is getting worse by the week. I think again, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. And when Nathaniel Hackett said, we got to finish, it's not, he's not just talking about the defense, right? Part of finishing, Jacob, by the way, thank you, bro. The silent one, Jacob Foster, throwing down some stars on Facebook, helping us keep the lights on here. We do appreciate you, my friend. Um, but when we talk about finishing, Zach, a big part of that is third down. Because if you finish on third down, you move the chains. And if you move the chains, eventually – you end up in the red zone. And then if you keep moving the chains, eventually you hit pay dirt. Finish, that translates to me third down and red zone offensively. And then even today, when you talk about finish, yeah, the defense needed to finish what was a tour de force performance up until that last drive. Finish it with a plum. Get off the field. and But they couldn't. And then the offense gets the ball back. They drive it down to, I mean, it's not exactly a gimme, right? 63-yard attempt. McManus needs to finish. If you, I mean, that's why you're getting paid, my dog. So, again, the good teams, that's what they practice. And I was, uh, as we were getting ready to go live, I was listening to something that former Broncos safety Nick Ferguson was saying with the team website on the broadcast. Because nowadays, if you want to catch the post game, you have to listen through the Broncos uh, TV broadcast, and then they go to the coach at the podium, and then they go to the player, et cetera. And one thing Ferguson said, Zach, that stuck out to me uh, is – you know, he was he was a famous part of the famous final good teams of the Shanahan era, right? The plumber teams. He was a, a defensive captain on those on those teams. And he said that one of the things that they would do that Shanahan would do is they actually emphasized and practiced those quintessential uh, finishing scenarios. So two minute drill, four minute drill, third down, both sides of the ball critical moments right was an emphasis and a focus every single week Naj um, and then I'll serve it back to you Zach Naj love you bro stiff upper lip just like us we appreciate you dog so super proud of the effort when you lack confidence and you don't have the offensive firepower you don't believe you can get it done and they didn't don't understand why they didn't run Mike Boone more and the special teams again failed us so disappointing yeah Boone for what it's worth he finished the day with uh Six carries for 18 yards. He had uh, the best yards per carry average amongst the backs that touched the ball today. Wilson averaged 10 and a half because he rushed twice for 21 on mostly on that last possession. Yeah, I appreciate you, Nas, as always. I, I don't have much to add to the last couple uh, minutes of conversation other than what Scott said here. I mean, I totally agree. Second verse, same as the first. It's it's the same. We're having, Chad, you and I and everyone else. Moans. The same repeat conversations why can't they score why did they lose should they fire Hackett? I, I mean it's the same movie every week and we, we know how it ends and it's still as frustrating watching that ending play out 
I am reminded of the sage-like lyrics that Scott is no doubt quoting from, Judy is a punk, all right? Not Jerry Judy, the famous Ramon song, Judy is a punk. Second verse, same as the first, Judy is a punk, right? That's what we're stuck in is this loop. I, you know what? I could handle the loop, and I can. One of the ways I get through the loop, Zach, is I listen to the Ramones, and it gets me through this. Ren99, big dog, what's going on? It's great to see you. Thank you for the super chat. He says, the fact that our offense has regressed tremendously since last year is pathetic. The amount of injuries we have is pathetic. Hackett needs to go, and so does our strength and conditioning coach. I know. Think of the irony. I don't even want to say how rich the irony because it's not rich. It's bitter. Think of how bitter the irony that you trade away Drew Locke and you get rid of Teddy Bridgewater and you acquire a nine-time Pro Bowler uh, entering uh, his age 34 season, and your offense is actually worse. I mean, boggles the mind. And that's why it goes back, Zach, to what you said is has to be the scheme. And branching up up and off of that, it's the coaching. That's why the longer they the longer they let Nathaniel Hackett linger in his post, the more George Payton and the Walton uh, Penner ownership group risks this becoming a permanent Russell Wilson. I think it's time, speaking of the special teams, uh, you mentioned them, to kind of put some heat on Dwayne Stukes as well. Uh, we, we've all liked him a lot for his press conferences, and we thought he held the players accountable, but it's a production-based business. And when his side of the ball is failing, we got to call him out for that. That special teams unit is hurting the Broncos every single week. And no one talks about it because the offense and Russell Wilson and Hackett overshadow that. But Mc, can we officially remove the McMoney moniker from McManus. He hasn't been McMoney in quite a while now. I feel like the old McManus would have hit that 63-yarder. It's not exactly impossible. The guy on the other sideline would have probably drilled it from 73, but McManus couldn't get it done, so pretty disappointing. F.A. with number two, bro, top rope, bona fide. Right here, this man is bona fide. He says, Kendall Hinton scored almost as many points today as – Hold on. Kendall Hinton scored almost as many points today as the QB, LOL. Teddy has us had us thinking we are a quarterback away. Wilson has us thinking we have so many holes on the roster, LOL. How do we get here? Even Zach and Chad can get more than nine points for less than 250. Me running for my life could probably get more than nine points, Zach. Me running for my life. And here it is. Whoa. Whoa, dude. Joining a very rarefied, very rarefied club. And when I say rarefied, I'm talking – Less than 10 members of our community all time are in the 200 club, and F.A. just joined it with aplomb. He's actually – by 200, I simply mean an individual super of that um, number. I don't like to talk about numbers because – or whatever, but F.A., dude, that's elite, and we love you. We appreciate you. Please, as a small thank you for your support, send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail. Give us your personal details, your T-shirt size, your home address – let us send you a little care package as a thank you for that support, dude, because you're blowing us away. He says, put Kendall Hinton in as a quarterback. LOL. I get it. There are a lot of injuries on the offensive side of the ball, but Evero also had injuries on defense as well and was able to keep the unit together. Coaching, coaching, coaching. Yeah, I'm not going to blame Evero too much. He's a first-time coordinator as well, trying to find his way. And, yeah, you mentioned the injuries. Not having Randy Gregory out there, I think, is hurting him more than any other factor. And, 
Uh, there was going to be a regression. The defense played lights out. We were, we were talking about, you know, Wade Phillips and holding him in that kind of stature. Maybe he's not Wade Phillips yet, but I like a lot of what I've seen out of Evero to the point where I want to see what he can do on an interim basis. I, I'm, I would have ripped the bandit off two weeks ago and fired Hackett, promoted Evero to interim, and at worst, you find a permanent head coach in the offseason. At best, you have your full-time coach on staff already in a zero ever. But the arrow is pointing way up with that defensive side of the ball. I think a big reason for the collapses, I mean, it doesn't explain the whole season. But today, in particular, is you don't have a formidable presence on the edge. And a lot of the stuff they did um, on that final drive in particular was exploiting the guys on the edge and their relative inexperience, especially with Tyler Huntley as a, as a ball carrier and the, and the read options and all that. If you can upgrade that somehow, some way, I mean, in the, in the off season, Chubb's gone, never to return. Vaughn's gone, never to return. So what does it look like next year? Best case scenario is a ra- healthy Randy Gregory and a, a wiser and more experienced Baron Browning, wiser, more experienced Nick Benito, I mean, something – I think that would help in these situations. Drake, what's up, bro? Good to see you. He says, uh, it's hard not to argue. Pete Carroll's brilliance made Wilson look better than he was. But Hackett is pretty tough to pair with this change, uh, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've talked about that before, Zach, how, um, you know, Tom Brady seemed to have settled the question of who was the most responsible for the Patriots – uh, dynasty and reign of dominance for 20 years. Was it the coach? Was it Belichick or was it the quarterback? He leaves, goes and wins a championship. They've kind of struggled in his wake. Maybe that's what has been answered today as well, Zach, or now this season in the fact that who was responsible for Pete Carroll from 2012 through last season, fielding eight playoff teams in those 10 seasons, probably more so him, but I don't want to take it away from Russ. Let's not pre- I mean, Russ has established himself as one of the league's elite quarterbacks, and Pete Carroll was not an offensive coach. So Russ gets to take credit, I think, for what he accomplished in Seattle. I'd like to see him build something equally as impressive in Denver, but at least he has that. Yeah, I can't speak too much about the Seahawks the last 10 years. I didn't follow them that closely, but how much credit does Pete Carroll really deserve? You know, because he paired Russell Wilson with Brian Schottenheimer, who – what I heard, Russell Wilson did not like Schottenheimer very much. He never, they never put Russell behind a overly competent offensive line. It was Russell making plays on his own. So I think it's more of the product of the talent around Russ this season. Not having a running game to lean on in his age 34 season has been a big detriment because the spotlight has been on him completely. And I think now he's not 24 anymore. You see the physical decline just a little bit, not saying he's washed, whatever, irreparable, but you see the decline just a little bit. Um, I just think Hackett though, that was the worst case scenario looking back on it now because he tried to make Russell Wilson into Aaron Rodgers. And Russell Wilson is not Aaron Rodgers. He tried to make the Broncos into the Packers. The Broncos are not the Packers. So uh, you really, looking back now, it's December 4th, the season's in the rearview mirror. If you would have had the right coach, the right scheme in place, and if his supporting cast would have stayed healthy, like Javante Williams specifically, Tim Patrick, for example, you would have had a better result this year. On that topic of Russ losing a step or two, I watched, uh, I was pinged on Twitter uh, for the JT O'Sullivan, I forget the name of his channel, but his YouTube channel, former quarterback, uh, Lawrence, we love you, big dog. Um, And he had a little segment where 
it showed in the previous game, Russ getting kind of chased down from behind uh, as he was scrambling right. So he broke the pocket, was scrambling right, and he kind of got chased down from behind. And O'Sullivan was trying to say, look, he's lost, you know, where's the elite explosion? It's not there anymore. And to base it on that particular play that he was trying to, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. I don't think it was fair uh, relative to that particular context of what he was talking about. But I think he slowed down a little. He's not quite the same explosive guy. But I re- I remain optimistic that the right coach can come in and fix Russ. Aaron Lynch, another legendary uh, figure in MHH. He's got lore galore. He says, should rebuild, can't rebuild. That Russ contract is something else. Brace yourselves, friends. This is going to get worse. Well, it could get better if if you do one thing right, and that is get the right coaching staff in here. Okay, because a lot of the problems, Zach, that we're lamenting um, have been exacerbated by this uh, merciless string of injuries this year. And so you're going to be getting a lot of good players back that can help you on game day. But all of that is for naught if you don't fix the coaching situation. And then we'll grab 19 EF. Injuries, including to Russell Wilson himself. I mean, battling the lat, the hamstring, that's a product of not putting a better line in front of him and maybe his body breaking down, uh, being a little older. So it's a combination of a lot of things, but I'm right there with you. If you find the right coach, and I don't know right now who exactly that might be or will be, you can definitely, I still think, win football games with this twilight version of Russell Wilson. All right, 19 EHF. Thanks, buddy. He says, but I thought all this season, pardon, I thought all this team needed was a quarterback. That's all I heard in the offseason. Yeah, it's it's how it felt, dude. I mean, we said things similar to that. Um, nobody Damn. can really explain this, dude, this regression and failure to meet expectations from a quarterback whose resume was as sterling as Russell Wilson's Deanna top rope. And holy smokes, number three top rope. Thank you. Four Deanna. of the night. Three, four, these are all four top rope supers. She says, thank you so much, by the way, Deanna. She says, a praying Hackett gets replaced with a competent coach. Replace the O-line. They're relatively cheap to get. Have to do better next year. And praying that the new coach can click with Wilson and get him moving. We need to get to the red zone. <laughs> That'd be a start. That'd be nice. Hashtag MHH for life. By the way, Trickle put up, Eric Trickle put up an article this week, you know, Peyton's top three off-season roster priorities. Can you guess what those priorities might be? O-L. So hopefully he doesn't ignore it as he has, Zach, in recent years. He can't. You know, if he even survives this offseason, which I think he will, George Payton, I mean, he's tying himself to Russell Wilson and pretty much next year. He's going to get one more year under new ownership to see what the Broncos do before they make a decision on him as well. To the previous comment, though, is it really, and maybe y'all can disagree, is it a true rebuild is what the Broncos need? Or are they just maybe not one piece away, not two pieces away, but a handful of pieces away? It's not out of the question to think they can go out and rebuild the O-line. The Chiefs did it. The Bengals did it. If you have a franchise quarterback, the number one rule is to protect him. And the Broncos went against that rule, and they're paying the consequences. But they can go out and draft a right tackle. Scott talks about it all the time, how relatively cheap guards are. You can find them in the middle rounds, perhaps. As long as you load up that side of the ball, that position, with reinforcements, 
I, I think you can really help out Russ. And really on defense, Chad, do they have to rebuild there? They have foundational pieces in place. Maybe re-sign Draymond Jones. You have your edge guys as you laid out. You have PS2 in the secondary. Maybe bring back Ronald Darby. Maybe not. You still have Simmons back there. So they are not as far away as their record would indicate. I don't know why I'm feeling so optimistic right now. I'm with you. I feel like a competent coach would salvage Russ. And then from there, it all rolls down, downhill fairly easy. Once you fix Russ, everything else will click into place. The injuries, though, have to stop. Losing your running game, losing your most dependable receiver in Tim Patrick, that's not going to help any quarterback. Add on to that, the scheme, the coaching, yada, yada, yada. It's been what you've seen this year from the Broncos. Man, Broncos country is throwing down tonight, going off. Jamil Thorne, a newer name on Super Chat. Welcome, dude. Welcome. Way to, Thank you way- so much. Way to make an entrance uh, entrance with aplomb, dude, and panache, as they would say. Thank you, bud. Seriously, Jamil, you're the man. We appreciate you. Thank you. Connect with us on Twitter. We like to keep the conversation going uh, there as well. But seriously, bro, very generous. Thank you, Jamil. Um, Zach, what was one of the things that, that we criticized John Elway for? Failing to get the head coach hire right. How important is that? It's, I mean, I used to think this, this has kind of disabused me of a previous philosophy. Okay. I used to think that the quarterback was the most important piece to the equation and I'm not taking away from how important that is. Okay. But this has proven, I think, or at least it's hinted possibly that the most important piece to the equation is the head coach and the overall team. Uh, competency from the coaching level down as it as it does trickle down because if you don't have and and really you got to have them both right if you don't have the head coach if you have the head coach and you don't have the quarterback hey you know you might vie for a wild card and be kind of in and out of that fight every year you're not going to set the world on fire but if you can team a great head coach with a great quarterback I mean even look at Mike Shanahan gets John Elway and with that, a great head coach, with a great quarterback, they go win back-to-back world championships. And then the quarterback says, adios, retires, off into the sunset he goes. Shanahan makes more hay because he is a great coach with an average quarterback like uh, Brian Greasy. Very small flash in the plan uh, before Greasy kind of showed us who he really was. Then he goes out and he gets Jake Plummer, who at this point, a former second-round pick, Arizona State, he kind of been dismissed. Uh, the Cardinals didn't want him back comes to Denver, and the Broncos, once again, are a force to be reckoned with. Not necessarily, Zach, because Jake Plummer was an elite quarterback, but because he was good enough and competent enough and talented enough that that great head coach could exploit those traits. This is music to my freaking ears right now. It's why I have a coaching, coaching, coaching shirt in my closet. It really is important. And I'm not taking away how valuable a franchise quarterback is. There's plenty of circumstances where the quarterback hides the coach. Look at Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert, for example. But there's way more examples of the quarterback uh, benefiting from having elite coaching. Look what even Sean Payton did with Jameis Winston in New Orleans. Look at Brian Dayball and Daniel Jones. Look at Luke Getze even, who worked with Hackett in Green Bay, what he's done with Justin Fields. Look at Kevin O'Connell, what he's done as rookie head coach with Kirk Cousins. If you have that elite coach, it makes everyone else around you better. And that's why I'm saying it wasn't the quarterback necessarily that the Broncos got so badly wrong under Elway and 
previously under George Payton, it's been the head coaching hires. Not having that stability at the top and letting everything trickle down from there has killed this franchise. All we can do right now is cross our fingers, cross our toes, that Payton, in what probably will be his last at-bat for a head coaching search, gets it right. That's why I have a sneaking suspicion that the checkbook of the Walton Penner Group is fixing to write something that can shake the universe, so to speak. Um, James Todd jumping in. Thank you, bud. He says, I've seen people actually blame the defense. Here's an idea. Score more than 10 points so our defense can actually breathe. And this is something that's worth mentioning as well. This is something that Scott and I were kind of debating uh, before we went live. Scott's comment being that you can state, as a matter of fact, that the defense collapsed in the clutch. And you can do that without assigning them the blame for the loss. You can do that because it was a team loss. All right. It was when you talk about complimentary in the negative sense, it was a complimentary team loss. Like every phase contributed to this particular loss one way or another. Uh, Aaron says, I get what you're saying about the defense, but it's not a chips down. It's, but it's not a chips are down situation. They're fried by the fourth quarter. Literally any help from the offense, he's saying, Zach, would be nice. I get that. And if I had to assign blame, even though I believe it's it's both, not either or, I would pick the offense. Like I said, nine points, field goals are not good enough in this day and age. And the defense has been on the field uh, the majority of the season. But, you know, it's, it's not chips are down. It's game on the line. We all want to talk about the defense playing uh, with their ears pinned back, with the game on the line, playing with the lead. They have that opportunity, and they let a backup quarterback drive 91 yards down the field, and they relinquished that lead. So it's both. They both let the Broncos down, along with special teams. I think a little more blame is on the offensive side, but the defense, you cannot allow 91 yards in that amount of time to happen. Point blank, period. I don't care the circumstance. Amen. Uh, Naj, bro, thank you. Two, two top rope supers today, and that's just how Naj is. He's, a, he's an animal who we love. He can be tamed with the right um, chemicals, but you have to be really smart about how you apply them. <laughs> All right? Naj is a, is, a, is, a, is a man among boys. Seriously. Next time, dude, we're hanging out more All right, on the next meet and greet. Love you, big dog. He says, Russ gave the team a shot at the end. Would have liked to see him get more chances, but I get it with the injuries. Our young receivers must be terrible. Simmons, great game. I'm liking Alex Singleton more and more. Me too, by the way. Praying for one uh, win, just one, versus KC, please. Amen, dude. The KC games now become Super Bowl. Can you get some pride? Get, get one modicum shred of pride back and beat KC. If you do that, Maybe you take the the sting, the edge off of this brutal season if you can snap the ignominious, what is it, Zach, 13 game yeah. losing streak to the Chiefs. But uh, your response here to Nash. I agree in spirit, but here's the problem. If you beat Kansas City somehow, which I don't see how that happens, losing to Mahomes after you just lost Tyler Huntley. The problem with that, though, is if Hackett can do what his predecessors uh, couldn't, which is what you just said, is beat Kansas City, even in a lost season, that would buy him a little more job security. That's my opinion. And if you want Hackett to be gone, you want George Payton or the ownership to make a move, beating Kansas City would not help that matter. I'd like to see it as well. I'm not saying they should tank the game, lose on purpose or whatever, but that would help Hackett's cause and really give the team false hope. They're not going anywhere. They're not a playoff team. They have way more flaws than they do positives at this point. 
I don't know what one victory, even over Kansas City, would accomplish in this kind of season. But we'll see. F.A., bro, bro, just going off the chain. Seriously, love you, big dog. Thank you very much. He says, I have faith in next year. I believe Peyton will right the ship next year. His job will be on the line. Fire Lauren Landau and get a better trainer, and we should be getting a lot of guys back. I have faith in next year. There are flashes on the offense. Peyton will get it right. Zach, I can imagine now uh, what that hiring committee is going to look like this time around, and it's going to be led by, you know, you're probably going to have Rob Walton as the guy somehow involved maybe in the corner, but Greg Penner, his son-in-law, front and center, uh, Damani Leach, the new CEO and team president, George Payton, if they keep him. How do you feel about that group's uh, wherewithal to make a good decision on a coaching hire? Well, F.A., definitely, again, appreciate you so much. Thank you. Uh, George Payton is a guy that I was I held to such high reverence. I was literally chiseling the George Payton statue myself at one point. I mean, he could do no wrong in my eyes. This last uh, six months or so, how the team has turned out. I'm not saying I'm jumping ship on George Payton, but it's maybe not he will get it right, but he better get this coaching hire right. He better fix this team or his job will be terminated as well. I think I'm excited that Greg Penner will be a part of the ownership group this or the hiring committee this time around because it seems like he's the vocal make it happen kind of aggressive voice they haven't had in recent years. Elway and Joe Ellis, they weren't, I don't know, they had the Broncos' best interest in mind this last time around with Hackett. So George Payton knows what he's looking for now, hopefully experienced coach, retread, whatever. He has a guy with an unlimited checkbook at his disposal and Greg Penner and Rob Walton. That gives me hope that they can find a guy who's a bigger fish, but the fish that's right for this plate, this restaurant, hey. whatever, whatever works. Hey, you know, we're still getting to know Greg Penner and what what kind of guy he is and whatnot, but one thing we can deduce, all right, is he's the type of guy that can get the 19th richest man in the world to sign off on marrying his daughter. So <laughs> he's he's True. got some wherewithal, all right? This guy has something to that he can bring to the table. Deanna, thank you so much, my friend. Very generous tonight you've been. So many of you, we love you. Thank you. Uh, Luke Ellis, bro, you the man. If you're on Twitter, Luke, connect with us. And if you're already following, like I've said to others, do one of these in our mentions, and uh, we will be sure to follow back. He says, as a Broncos fan who lives out in Michigan, hashtag state of being, we look Lions-esque, finding any way to lose possible in the clutch. At least they're playing with passion and can score, though. Ugh, appreciate you guys talking about the Lions. Um, appreciate you, Luke. Yeah, that's a that's a the only chance the Broncos have, Zach, of beating the Chiefs. Because I do believe that this version of the Broncos defense, yes, and yay, even that which collapsed today in Baltimore, um, at the end, that defense can contend with the Chiefs offense, but it won't be enough to vanquish the Chiefs unless you get like the best performance from the offense this year. That's it. You got to get the you got to get the offense uh has to figure it out or else it's not going to happen. The defense can hang. The defense can mitigate the sting of what the Chiefs can do, but the only thing that's going to win you the Super Bowl of the two one of the two Chiefs games, maybe the home game, 
is the offense has to show up is what I'm getting at in a long-winded way. Let me break the bad news to y'all. The Broncos are not the Lions. They're worse than the Lions because Detroit hung 40 points today on Jacksonville. Okay, the Broncos have 35 points in their last three games combined. Their offense is light years. The Detroit Lions offense, let me preface that, is light years ahead of what the Broncos are doing right now. And as an aside, if they were to look at a first-time Coaching candidate Ben Johnson, the OC, getting lemonade out of Jared Goff. Again, mm-hmm. coaching, coaching, coaching. That's one guy I'd look at if they went that direction. But Detroit right now is putting on a clinic compared to what Denver's doing. So the Lions are five and seven, Packers five and eight, Bears three and ten, the Vikings ten and two. Man, swing and a miss there, Kevin O'Connell. Uh David Wilder, thank you, bro. Number two today says Hackett should just Take the press conference tape from last week and play it today. He won't say anything different. Yeah, it's second verse, same as the first, no doubt. Chris Chances, thank you, buddy. He says, Zach and Chad and Scott, still the best in the business. Love you. Like Lord Vader said, I find the lack of the Broncos play disturbing. Did my best. Hashtag MHH, big dog, love you. Jeffrey, what's up, bro? He says, lifelong diehard. This feeling every week is awful. I do think coaching and adding some free agents uh, with that, we can drastically improve. Yeah, and getting so many of your studs back, right? Getting Garrett Bowles back, getting uh, Randy Gregory back. I mean, Tim Patrick. Who else am I missing here, Zach? Um, I mean, we'll see what happens with Billy Turner, but he was one of your penciled-in starters this season. Still haven't seen Tom Compton this year, for what it's worth. Uh, Jacob Foster. The silent one being not so silent with his actions. We love you. We appreciate you, bro. Seriously. Uh, Aaron Lynch, big dog, throwing down again. He says the Browns actually built a fun, quirky culture around losing. We don't have that yet. (laughs) Yeah, we're still too serious about it. Uh, We haven't embraced it, I guess. That's what it is. Is the Browns eventually said, hey, water's wet. The Browns lose uh, every, every year, the Browns fans. So, hey. You know, they, I think they just accepted it and tr- and made the best they could out of it. Could probably get a good deal on some paper bags from the dog pound, though, he says. Eye holes are already <laughs> pre-cut, Zach. I mean, here's the problem, though. The Browns had that quirky culture because they were drafting quarterbacks that didn't work out, but they were still drafting quarterbacks. They weren't renting other teams' quarterbacks. The only one the Broncos have drafted in the post-Peyton Manning era has been Drew Locke. And you can still debate whether they've committed. They either they ever gave him a real chance or committed to him fully as a potential franchise quarterback. But you know, yeah, it is that paper bag overhead type of uh, type of year we're in. Silent one, what's up, brother? Again, thank you. He says, would you guys be in favor of releasing and or trading everyone, eating Russ's dead cap, no more teams, signing all league, league minimums. For 2023, losing out next year, and then drafting Caleb Williams for 2024 with the first pick. Zach, I'm, I'm assuming this is tongue in cheek, and I think Caleb Williams will be a, a good quarterback at the next level. But yeah, you're stuck with uh, Russell Wilson because you have to field a team around Caleb Williams. You have to field a team around any quarterback, and you can't do that when you take those drastic measures. The Russell Wilson contract is what it is. The Broncos have to eat it and work with it as best they can. Savage Boy Kev, I want to grab – we try to get at least one Twitch per stream. Appreciate it. He says, how much easier would things be with Tim Patrick? Um, a lot. Explain what you, what you mean by that. Well, I, 
I don't know that it would have directly translated to more wins because this team is flawed beyond just a receiver. And uh, Cortland Sutton hasn't stepped up. There were injuries to Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. So Tim Patrick on his own would be double covered eventually and he wouldn't have the same impact. But just not having that safety blanket for us. And Greg Dulcich, for, to his credit, he's turning into that safety blanket. That's definitely a positive they can build around going forward. But Tim, unlike Cortland, unlike Jerry, unlike KJ, so reliable, so clutch, strong, sure hands, wide catch radius, just a dependable guy like a Tyler Lockett out there for Russell Wilson. Every quarterback needs one and not having that. And I said it when TP went down in training camp. It was going to be a massive blow to what this offense wants to do, especially a timing offense like what Hackett wanted to run with Russell Wilson. From a size perspective, he is basically Cortland Sutton. Um, but a few big differences between Sutton and Timmy Pete is Sutton's a much more explosive athlete, but Timmy P is a much more um, savvy technician. He is a better route runner than Cortland Sutton, so you would get some separation benefits there. And I think really when you talk about how much easier would it be with Timmy P, third down, you'd have a lot more um, – I think you'd be at least modestly better on third down because Timmy P does not drop the ball and Russ would have a good place to go on third down, but we'll find out next year. Deanna, yo, thank you so much, my friend. She says, got to wonder what's going on in Wilson's mind or what's going on in his life. He's been flat and looking like he isn't in the game. Makes me wonder. You guys are awesome. You know, we're not too good at, at speculating on his personal life, you know, but I will tell you that I think this is a very new experience to Russ, not just the losing. I mean, it's not like he didn't experience um, some a couple of rough seasons in Seattle. He did two seasons that they didn't make the playoffs with Russ. He's experienced that, a disappointment and all that stuff. But he never became a punchline. The way, I mean, people would joke about him. Don't get me wrong. I mean, He's, he's kind of just had that thing about him uh, that has always made him an easy target, even when he was the guy on top of the on top of the mountain. But, Zach, I think becoming a national lampoon has affected him in some way, some way. And that's why, again, it's critical you get this coaching hire right so they can start rebuilding him from the inside out. I want to go back to TP for one second. I want to say it's, it really wouldn't matter all that much in hindsight now. I mean, TP could be on the field doing this wide open. If Russell Wilson is under duress and can't get the ball off, I mean, that's not going to matter who you have out there. And if he doesn't see Tim Patrick like Russell Wilson has shown this year, missing open receivers, it won't matter. So that's why it goes back to it not being an either or. It goes back to being an apply all to yeah. the Broncos issues. And in terms of Russell Wilson, psychologically, mentally, I've noticed that as of you, a lot of people for months now, I don't know what's going on personally, what's affecting him psychologically, mentally, the divorce from Seattle, I feel like had a lot to do with it because he's been getting just hammered by his former adoring 12s out there in Seattle every single day since that trade has gone down and all the stuff that's come out about, high knees and wristbands and all the stuff that people are dunking on him for. I feel like the pressure of that has crept in his mind and mm -hmm. add on to that being in a new city, being in a different team, new locker room, new players, new coaches, and then going through a losing season that you're injured twice in already. All of that has impacted Russ and it's really more so between the eyeballs than it is. I think on his shoulder Seahawks fans have revealed themselves to be the type of people that kick a man or a person when they're down 
And uh, what that says about Seahawks fans, uh, I'll let you jump to the conclusion. Maybe painting with too broad a strokes because it's always the squeaky wheel that gets the grease, right? And in this case, the squeaky wheel is that portion of Seahawks fans we see in our mentions, that we see in the chat, that come in to gloat and clown on Russ after a loss or whatever. That's not all Seahawks fans, so I probably shouldn't paint in too broad of strokes, but it is uh, an implication to be drawn anyway. Patriot text. He says, what answers will Peyton or a new GM have to fix this? Uh, cap, stra cap strapped and not enough picks to fix the Swiss cheese roster. World of suck here to stay. I don't agree with that, Patriot Tex. Look, you did mortgage the future in a sense when you gave up two uh, ones and two twos uh, to get Russ here. And then you completely like saddled the salary cap with that, that new contract that you can't get out of anytime in the near future. That's a that's an op. Those are two obstacles. But Peyton, you know, he started kind of chipping away at one of those by getting a first round pick back for Bradley Chubb. You lost Chubb, but you were probably going to lose him anyway as of 2023 because he's a free agent unless you wanted to resign him. And the Broncos, they weren't sure enough about him to say, yeah, he fits into our future. We're comfortable paying him. So they got out of the, the Bradley Chubb business and got a first round pick in exchange. If you think about getting the head coaching hire right, then what happens? What does it look like with the right head coach? Just for fun, let's all imagine for a moment, all right? Let's fantasize that Sean Payton takes a ridiculous contract uh, to come here. All right, well, you gave up your first-round pick to get him uh, from the Saints, but he's here now. And uh, then what? Well, you get the Sean Payton effect, but you're getting back Garrett Bowles. You're getting back uh, Randy Gregory. You're getting back Tim Patrick. Uh, you're getting back Javante Williams next year. The list goes on. That's going to be a big boon. And whatever you end up doing in free agency, the Broncos will have plenty of cap space next year to, to assign free agents, how well they're going to be able to recruit. Now, that's a different story altogether. But it's not as if this team is completely – they're only saddled in, in the permanent Zach world of suck if you can't get the coach that fixes Russ. If you don't fix Russ, then, yes, you're stuck. But that's why the head coach hire is so crucial this time. Yeah, absolutely paramount. And uh, I know it's terrible right now. It's really, really terrible. But I don't think it's absolutely Armageddon as some are making it seem. Because they're going into the offseason and you can rebuild in a year now. You can rebuild in the same offseason. That's the, the name of the game in the NFL. Teams can go from worst to first or close to first pretty quickly. They're going to have about $30 million when you roll it over, though, of salary cap space for next year. They have, uh, you know, a handful of draft picks. They have a first. They have two thirds. They have a fourth, a fifth, and a seventh. And I guarantee uh, George Payton will probably trade down in the one of the third round picks to grab some more. Getting that first round pick back for Bradley Chubb was crucial. They can make some moves. They can rebuild the team. They can enhance the team around Russ. But it comes down, like Chad said. And what common sense is dictating here, they get the coaching hire right, they fix Russell Wilson, everything else will fall into place from that point. All right, guys, we're uh, running out of time. So anything burning, get it in the chat. Ren99, when is the last time Denver's offense has been this horrific? I can't think of a season we failed this badly. Well, in recent memory, there's literally not an offense this bad in since 2000 in the NFL. So for what it's worth, Robert Bishop, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Um, it's that bad. I mean, you're the last 22 years of NFL professional highest level football. No offense has been as impotent as the 2022 Broncos. Mac dog. What's going on? 
our young friend down in Texas, jumping in with a super chat. Thank you, bro. He says, it's time to stop blaming Russ. The O-line is garbage, and Hackett's offense is the same. Go get someone that can coach Russ. Sad day in Broncos country. Broncos country, let's hide. I feel you. I feel you. But, hey, you know, Russ has to take and own up to his fair share of the, in the blame for this season. But I think the spirit of what you're trying to say here, Mac Dog, is go get a coach that can that can maximize Russ. Ben Wallman, thank you, bud. Yeah, there's, there's always a debate breaking out in the comments, especially after a loss like this uh, by the Broncos. Who, what's the problem? Is it Russell Wilson? There's, there's, there's team blame Russ and team protect Russ. And I don't think either faction should be standing, quite frankly, because it's everything. No, Russell Wilson has not been good this year. He's played very poorly. He's not been playing anything close to uh, what he was paid to play like. But – the offensive line, having third stringers, practice squad guys out there, losing your starting running back, losing your most dependable receiver, your other receiver is going down, working a tight end, your only safety blanket really, a guy that Russell Wilson leaned on in Seattle, that's a rookie player as well. And uh, the, the, the cherry on that crap Sunday is your head coach and former play caller being so dear in the headlights, so incompetent, so just – not cut out for the job like Nathaniel Hackett. So I'm not saying blame Russ or not blame Russ. I'm saying you're stuck with Russell Wilson for a couple more years. At absolute minimum, you are not stuck with Hackett for the next couple years, absolute minimum. All we can do is put on a brave face and optimism and hope that the next coach can fix Russ and this season was an aberration. Neil, he says, hey, guys, I'm not listening live, leaving – uh bww now i'm not i don't know what that means syntax what do you got what do you got syntax buffalo expert? wild wings b-dubs <laughs> there you go uh after suffering through a horrendous loss offense is putrid fire hack it now thanks for your great show thank you neil hope those wings hit the spot big dog um <laughs> hope you got the pretzel for the appetizer yes Sorry. howie freaking day throwing down some freaking stars thank you big dog it's great to see you uh aaron lynch wow thank you bro he says, Denver is now down to 14.27 points per game this season, the worst by any team in the NFL since 2000. The Browns uh, then averaged 10.1. Love you, boys, but I'm still going to bat for the defense, even if they're not perfect. Cheers. As well, you should. Yeah, I mean, the defense is the tip of the spear. It's the only thing keeping this team uh, formidable in any way, shape, or form. So that's absolutely the truth. Yeah, I mean, I've been very impressed by the defense. I, I really do uh, like Azuro Evero as a longtime defensive coordinator if uh, he would allow that and not move on to greener pastures. But you have to call a spade a spade. And they played really, really good for 59-plus minutes, but you have to play good for 60 minutes, like Chad said earlier, and they let it down in that moment. If we criticize Vic Fangio, which Chad and I did quite a bit in that era for the defense Breaking down in crunch time, I got to do it with Evero as much as I like him. Tony D.A. Dub, it's been a minute, bro. How have you been? We've missed you. Thanks for the super. He says, this clearly started when Kubiak stepped down. We hired three coaches with no experience and three fails. Get an adult in the room, especially with Russ not showing that he's the alpha. We need an alpha to take this team over. Yeah, Kubiak, you could, I mean, we could sit and, and, and blame the, bad decisions of, of Elway on a, the hiring front, uh, Peyton's swing and a miss. You can point to the Russ contract and all that stuff, but really 
blame Gary Kubiak for stepping down following 2016 because that wasn't the plan. He was supposed to be the guy for the foreseeable, and that's what threw this whole thing off its axis. Mac Dog, do you think if we get a defensive coach, Evero's gone? I hope not. I really hope we get an offensive coach that can help Russ and then keep Evero. Broncos country, let's hide. What do you think, Zach? I mean, I've heard on uh, on Twitter, I think Benjamin Albright said if they were to go after Dan Quinn and hire Dan Quinn, him being a defensive coach, they would try to keep Ezero Evero around. But Evero has to want to stick around as well. If a defensive coach comes in and Evero says, forget this, I'm going to move on, maybe I can find a head coaching gig elsewhere, you can't really do anything about that. The Broncos have to let him look and maybe find a, a promotion. But I would love to keep him around. You know, my my ideal scenario would be you mentioned Sean Payton, Chad, and I can't get that fantasy out of my head now. Sean Payton as OC and head coach and Giro Evero as defensive coordinator, sign me up all day, every day with Rob Walton's money for that. Yeah. Hey, there's power in those billions and billions of dollars. Uh, ben Wallman says we average 13.83 points per game. That's the problem. No one else is close to that bad. I haven't run the numbers, so one of you, one of you two is probably right. Um, Naj, bro. He says, brothers, as horrific as this season has been, it's been terribly painful. Seeing you bros at the meet and greet and winning that game is a memory I'll cherish forever. Yeah, like, yeah, bro. 2-0 and on those. Can't wait for the one next year. I know, dude. MHH meet and greets. Broncos are undefeated. Undefeated when Naj Altaf <laughs> and the MHH crew are there to represent. 1-0 with Kennedy in the house, by the way, for what it's worth. 2-0. 2-0. Yeah, yeah. we've got to count Jacksonville across the pond. So anyway, thank you, Naj. Next one's going to be even better. Trust. We'll have to bite our fingernails like the Niners game, but a win's a win's a win. So we hope, hope to see you next year uh, in a better circumstance. Fractalized, thank you for the super chat, my friend. Uh, connect on Twitter. He says, Broncos snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Did you catch all of their league-leading stats? First in punts, first in three and outs, and the most pre-snap penalties we need to fire Hackett and shake something up, anything. It's coming, big dog. It is coming. Um, it just feels like if they weren't going to fire him, if they haven't fired him at this point during the season, it seems like they're going to wait yeah. uh, till the end of the year. But it's coming, dude. It's coming, and uh, just got to wait maybe in, in one more month. Kevin Smith, love your movies, big dog. Seriously. <laughs> Same. Uh, view askew universe is my jam. But if it's the Kevin Smith who I'm thinking of, been with us a long time. I'm not certain that it's the same Kevin Smith because the profile's picture is different than what I recall. But Kevin, thank you for the stars, big dog. I like your stand up too. Very, very yeah. funny. Great podcasts. I mean, legendary. Patriot Text testing. We have sent two today. Nothing red. No, we got you, bro. We got you, Patriot Text. And we appreciate you. Seriously. Um, keep in mind, gang, when we do the gut reactions in any of the tent pole episodes. Sometimes it gets so hot and heavy that it's hard for us to see um, the chat in order. And sometimes, occasionally, either YouTube will malfunction or sometimes the software we use to stream will malfunction and we don't see everything in real perfect real time. Uh, so just bear with us, big dog. You know we love you. Um, but we are out of time, gang. Appreciate you being with us. We're going we're gonna to do our uh, – what's that, Scott? couple more okay victor t can the broncos use their first round pick to trade for sean payton or can they steal dan quinn or maybe bring in jim harbaugh or none of the above zach they can use their first round pick depending on what new orleans would actually want but the first step in that equation is sean payton has to want to come back to coaching 
and want to come to the Broncos yeah. and not hold out for the Chargers job or the Cardinals job, as has been speculated. I love Sean, but it, it's going to be a business deal to work out, and I wouldn't hold my breath on that happening as much uh, as fanatical as it may seem. Jim Harbaugh, another fantasy I feel like, Chad, because no. why would he leave Michigan to come to the Broncos dumpster fire? Though those are two guys, they those are two natural leaders of men. If they were to come to the Broncos, they would turn the ship around. I have zero doubt about that. Zach, thank you, buddy. Just remember, when it comes to Peyton, it is very unlikely. So don't get your hopes up too much. Uh, but nothing rings the bell like money. Nothing. And he's already made a lot of money and all that. But if he has a chance to add another $150 million to his uh, net worth, for because he's obviously still going to keep working. I keep seeing him on Fox broadcast, like as a in-the-studio uh, talking head. So if he's going to keep the football thing rolling, why not make – ridiculous uh wealth beyond i mean multi-generational wealth deanna thank you so much closing it with a bang love you seriously can't even it's run out of words to say how much we appreciate and how generous that is it helps us keep the lights on ufa everybody okay naj um each and every one of you seriously that's it's how we're able to keep doing this and be as consistent and dedicated and get other shows rolling which we have some plans rolling soon to get Saturday night back up and going for MHH, so stay tuned for that. But this is how we're able to do it. So thank you, Deanna. We're going to need another nickname. We have the Princess, the Duchess, the Queen. We need something for Deanna. So anyone in the comments, let us know. Indeed. That We're going to get to the rundown, though, I think, guys. That was, as Scott said, and we have uh, – We've been through all the supers that we could get to today. Thank you so much, so, so much for tuning in to the Gut Reaction Podcast of the Broncos' loss to the Baltimore Ravens. Follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod. Also, the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, you know what it is, where it is. HuddleUpPod.com. Be sure you're checking that out. And Facebook.com com slash mile huddle pod like that page and follow that page guys if you haven't go to apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every month but if anything guys please and gals subscribe like and share this video and every video you see on the mhh channel it really helps us grow and reach more broncos fans just like you that it does and it's, i, I want to draw your attention specifically to a couple things zach said is first of all go get some merch go get a hat go get a t-shirt a hoodie it all helps us and you get a little something out of it yourself uh and then also for the month of november the winner all right of the giveaway is de on on uh on apple all right podcast is d-e-e-h-2-r-z I have a suspicion of who that might be, but it's the random winner who said, Chad and Zach make Mile High Huddle podcast so interesting. My favorite pod by far goes inside the Broncos accurately. Love those two when I can catch them live. Hopefully keep hearing them more and more. So if that's, if you're listening now, all right, again, that handle on uh, Apple Pods is D-E-E-H-2-R-Z. Send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail with your personal uh, deets as far as your address. And we'll send you out a little thank you for supporting us with a five-star on uh, Apple Podcasts. But a uh, special shout-out to these great Super Chat superstars tonight. Seriously, I mean, it's it's a long list of great people and great Broncos fans. Diamond Rattler, David Wilder, Chris Hernandez, Patriot Tex, uh, Ted Wonderlick, Austin H., Deanna Hendry, Jason Walton, Silent One, uh, uh, Tanner Hulse, 
uh, Wero, who's we missed. He says, this is my surprise face, a nice emoji. Appreciate you, bro. Plum Bob, Jess, F.A., uh, Ren99, Drake, Aaron Lynch. Great to see you, by the way, dog. Uh, 19 EHF, James Todd. Uh, let's see, Luke Ellis, Chris Chances, Justin Larch, Kevin G, uh, Mac Dog, Jamil throwing down, uh, Neil, let's see, don't want to miss anybody, Tony D.A. Dub, uh, Fractalized, and Victor T. Appreciate each and every one of you. And on Facebook, Jacob Foster, Zach Bernstein, Ben Wallman, Howie Frickin' Day, Phil McLaughlin, Colby C. Collier, Jeffrey Arellano, uh, Robert Bishop, Shar Baldwin, George Fox, Lawrence Rivera. Much love and respect, you guys. Thank you. Have a great rest of your Sunday, guys. We'll see you tomorrow for the Aftermath episode. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.